1: And now your host, making the case for the city he loves, Attorney Arthur Idala. Wednesday
2: evening, 6.05 PM. This is Arthur Idala on the Idala Power Hour at AM970 the answer. And I am delighted to be with you guys today. Um, it's uh, it's been an interesting week the first three days of the week. I will tell you that. It actually became kind of interesting on Saturday. And um, what's interesting, and um, I'm so happy to share with all of you, is that I guess a lot of people listen to this show because um, a lot of the news reports on this big case that I'm handling right now indicate that – refer to the show. and talks about the, uh, the Idala Power Hour. So I am uh, I'm pleased that uh, we're out there and we're on the dial and we're making a difference because we want to um, we want to make a difference to all of you out there. We want to provide some news, some lifestyle stuff, some court stuff, some legal stuff, and um, I hopefully we're actually getting that done. Um, I will tell you, like a whole bunch of people called me today to talk about this case. Um, it's the case of. Um, the woman who uh, was charged yesterday with pushing um, the wonderful 87-year-old lady um, in the street who it hit her head and she later, days later died. And I didn't give any interviews, and I'm going to tell you why, and I'm not going to reveal anything special on this show either. Um, when it comes to being any professional, and I'm when I say professional, I use that word in a very broad sense whether it is a a roofer a plumber a, an electrician an accountant we are all often in a position where you could maybe take advantage of someone who you're serving um or do something that is in more in your best interest than in the person who you're serving's best interest so conventional wisdom would say uh that a lawyer who has a high profile case having a big news conference uh, where a lot of media outlets show up or um, giving an exclusive to someone like the New York Times or 60 Minutes, which have all been reaching out, wanting to get some sort of comment and some sort of extended interview, that that would help and enrich uh, a law firm and, and keep a law firm's name out there. And hopefully, uh, you know, what again, what conventional wisdom would say is bring in additional business and. Um, and, you know, I allude to those other things because, you know, when there's a tiny little leak in my house and I'm looking up and I can see I'm inside my house, I don't go up on the roof uh, to know whether there's a little hole, a big hole. And I don't have the knowledge to know whether the roof is really rotting away or it's just one little section. So you rely on the roofer and this uh, the same thing. And to tell you the truth. So what's in the roofer's best interest? To come down from the roof and be like, yeah, Mr. Idala, the lawyer who doesn't know anything about roofing. Yep, you need a whole new roof. That's going to be ten, twelve thousand dollars 12000 And obviously, that's in their best interest. There were times I could remember my car was making this weird noise. This is a long time ago when I was – I didn't get a car until I was 21, Um it's actually right around my twenty-first birthday. You know, now kids want a car at fifteen. I didn't get one until I was twenty-one. You hear that, folks? Um, and it was four hundred dollars. That's a whole other story I could tell you to make you laugh, but it was it was a four hundred dollar car. And yes, thank you, Matthew. And um, it was making some weird noise, and I took it to a mechanic that I did not know, and he goes, "Oh yeah, yeah, I, I put it on the lift there, uh, the bearings. Yeah, you need all new bearings, uh, you know." And he gave me some price, and it was some. I couldn't afford because at that time uh, I was in, I think, my senior year of college. I couldn't afford anything. I mean, I was drinking black label beer. Uh, you know, I think a six pack was like $3.99. It came with a roll of toilet paper because it went through your belly and out so fast that they were nice enough to give you a little toilet paper. <laughs> Sorry about that, folks. But that was actually half true. Um, so he's telling me I need the bearings fixed. I need the bearings fixed. So then I take him to the guys I know, the guys in Brooklyn um, at, at uh, King's Foreign Motors on 65th Street in, in Brooklyn, New York, where my dad was going. And I bring in the car into Enzo. I'm like, Enzo, the car's making this weird noise. It's something to do with the, with the, the wheel. And he takes it. He puts it on the, uh, up on the lift. He's like, Arturo, this is no problem. I just got to adjust to this. Uh, maybe it may need a little alignment. you okay. I go, but, but Enzo, I, I took it to this place, and they told me I need all new bearings. He goes, really? They told you you need new bearings. I said, yeah. And they said it's going to be $700. He goes, we didn't tell you that you needed the bearings. He said, oh, four times. I I got someone to tell you. I said, what is it? And so he goes, this is a car. It no got no bearings. There's no bearings in this car. They don't exist. He goes. And so the guy was was clearly ripping me off. And, I, you know, we could use so many examples with plumbers and electricians and accountants and even doctors. You know, do you need the operation? Don't you need the operation? You, you go to the guy who does the, the the seed implantation for prostate. That's what he tells you you need. You need the guy who does robotics. He tells you that's what you need. And it's all about Integrity. It's all about ethics. It's all about morals and the values and how you're raised and whether when you put your head down on the pillow at night and then wake up in the morning and you look in that mirror and it's just you in the mirror, whether you knew you did the right thing. And I will tell you the, the impulse and the uh, desire to enhance the 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 uh, reputation of my law firm and to be the face and the voice of my law firm i, I would be lying if i told you it wasn't there who doesn't want to be on 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 sixty minutes or forty eight hours and say yes, you know, we're the law firm that this family, after searching around, came to us and we represented them. Oh yes, and we have we do represent Rudy Giuliani. We're proud of that, and we do represent on who, who Rudy Giuliani is on the far right, and we do represent Alan Dershowitz, who's a, a self proclaimed liberal, and we do do this kind of work and that kind of work. Of course you do. Anybody wants that. It's free media. It's free advertising. But then you have to sit back and say, is that what's in the client's back best interest? And the guy on the roof, it, what's the the, the person on the, who's got a little hole in the roof and needs maybe four tiles replaced and it's a $500 job? Well, that's what's in their best interest. And Enzo, who said there is no bearings in the car, you just need a little wheel alignment, You know, he did what's in my best interest. And that's just the way we need to live. And so when all of these interviews came in and where people who I know personally, personally, one of my partners – Nieces called me, and she works at a channel. And and then my father's first secretary's niece calls me, and she works at another channel. And so the people are trying to, oh, come on, Arthur, do it for me. And of course, I have a long-term relationship with Fox Five, and they want me to be on with Rosanna Scotto and give them an exclusive. And again, I, I I honestly feel bad sometimes saying no, but I say, okay, this family is putting their daughter's life in my hands and those the members of my law firm in my hands and what is in her best interest. Now, sometimes like when I represented Lawrence Taylor, sometimes you need to go out there and make a statement because the lies that were being told about LT right after, and I never call him LT because Harry Carson told me not to tell him, call him LT. But for those of you who don't know Lawrence Taylor, some of you know him as LT. He's the greatest defensive football player of all time. And that's undisputed. Um it, I needed to go out there because they were uh, he was charged with eventually he was charged with uh rape of an underage person, but the initial reports on the radio I remember when I was driving to the courthouse was that he beat a woman it was she was bleeding he forced himself on her uh, and these were these were all things that were not true at all. Um, he had a, a, a consensual account with someone who admitted several times, including on a witness stand when I cross-examined her, that she lied to him several times about her age. And she said she was of age when it turns out she, she wasn't of age. Um, you know, when when Mr. Taylor was cross-examined by Gloria Allred's office, they, he said, they asked him on the stand in front of the jury, <laughs> they said, well, what did you do to verify her age? He goes, Hey, we're in an intimate situation. What do you want me to do? Check out her teeth, see if she had any cavities or something like that. He was, how do you verify someone's age? I'm gonna be like, oh, we're fooling around. By the way, could you take out your license? She she told me several times. She was she was 19 years old. She certainly looked, looked 19 years old. And I took her for her word. Uh, so, but in Lawrence's case, it was necessary. And I did go on, uh, I went on with, actually, ready for this with Matt Lauer on the Today Show to talk about Lawrence Taylor's case. But here, um, for Lawrence's case, um, I think we need to see what evidence comes out. Uh, I don't really know much about the case. The prosecutor, uh, has a certain amount of time to turn over their evidence. Uh, we will discuss it with, um, with the prosecutor or what they have and, We'll handle it like we handle every other case because, you know, and I'm not doing a commercial for our law firm. But I I do understand that whoever comes into our firm, whether it's to do their house closing, which is the most important thing in their life, or a a case like this, which is manslaughter in the first degree where someone's facing 25 years in jail, that's clearly the most important thing in, in that person's life. We always try to give it our all 100% um and we always try to do the right thing and be as ethically responsible as as we know how to be and all we can ask and i'm asking is that the roofer do that and the plumber do that and i already know that enzo at king's foreign motor does that um and if we all lived our life that way and woke up in the morning and looked in the mirror and be like you know what you did the right thing that's why you had a good night's sleep this would be a better place to live We're going to get some advice in the next segment from David Morrow, who wrote a book, Drowning in Screen Time. It's all about kids looking at the screen and adults looking at the screen. I am really excited to talk to David. He's a great author. So we're talking about a book that's na- that has the ch- determinant drowning. Nobody wants to drown. No one thinks they're going to drown. But it could happen. If God forbid it happened to you or one of your loved ones. Are you prepared? I mean, hopefully you know how to swim. So you're not going to drown. But you know what? Even people who know how to swim drown. So you have to plan for the future. You have to plan for the worse. You have to make sure that you and your family are protected. And if you're not around to make decisions who will make those decisions for you. The time to plan is now while you are healthy, while you can just calmly walk into a, a lawyer's office and discuss your wishes and your estate plan. And what law office should you calmly walk into? Connors and Sullivan. Yep, those are my people, Connors and Sullivan, 718-238-6500-718 two three eight six five zero zero they will do your will which tells people what you want done with your property and even with your own body when you die they will do a trust which can put money in uh, hold on to money for people for years to come and you put someone in charge of who gets what money when they could do a living will which is tells the, the the doctors that hey I'm on my way out. You don't think there's any way that I'm going to recover. I don't want to be on these machines. Here's my living will. Yank me off the machines. You could do a power of attorney or a healthcare proxy, which are documents that you use when you're alive. But you can't express your thoughts. So don't hesitate. Go to the law firm that's been doing this for 40 years, Connors & Sullivan, 718-238-6500, 718-238-6500. Because you're ready for this, folks. The biggest mistake when it comes to estate planning is... Not planning at all.
1: Holland Christian Home, a place for your aging loved one. Here's Jack sharing why he chose to live at Holland Christian Home.
3: My name is Jack. I'm 82 years old. I lived in Clifton, New Jersey. I was a teacher for 38 years. About five or six years ago, I decided I needed to get into a continuing care retirement community. My priority is what care I will get when and if I need it. And the Holland Christian Home is the only place that I looked at where all of the nurses and aides are in house all other facilities you must go to outside agency and cost you a lot more money to hire aids if in fact you need it to get up in the morning and to go to bed at night
1: from independent living and beyond feel at home and love call charlotte she'll show you around 973-807-3245 or hchnj.org that's hchnj.org holland christian home 973-807-3245 ask for charlotte 8-8.
2: years good run had a good time um in breaking news as a um talking head you remember we've been covering the story about chris brito the poor kid who got hit by the car doing the donuts um and the um uh, the person driving the car was um not, had not surrendered well he has surrendered tyler greer 22 years old of the bronx uh he is um now in custody and i'm sure he's going to be uh, Facing some uh, reckless assault charges and vehicular charges as well. Also in breaking news, uh, thanks to my man Nick, um, Nick Malone sent me, Kyrie Irving and other unvaccinated athletes will be allowed to play professional sports in New York City under a major policy change. Mayor Eric Adams is poised to announce Thursday. Sources familiar with the matter confirmed. So under breaking news... It's not tomorrow is Thursday. Today is only Wednesday, but tomorrow uh, we're going to hear about who can play sports. Uh, Look, we're going to tie all this up after the hour. After the half hour, we're going to have president of the court officers union, the New York State court officers union, Dennis Quirk. And he's going to talk about, you know, the effects that's going on in the courthouses with the mandatory vaccination policies. So we have plenty to talk about in this packed Wednesday night show, but we have a great guest. I think you guys are really going to enjoy him. Um, I saw his book and I asked uh, Joni Pelzer, who's my um, producer here on the show, to uh, find him, track him down. Because those of us who have children, those of us who have significant others, we all hear about how often we're on our phones and our iPads and our laptops, et cetera, et cetera. And he has a book called "Drowning in Screen Time." David Morrow, welcome to the Idola Power Hour. How are you, sir?
3: I'm terrific. How are you?
2: I am just Jim Dandy. So, David, <laughs> let, let, let me ask something: Have you? Can, how much time is enough time? How much time is too much time? Is it different from for a kid who's five, a kid who's fifteen, and a kid who's fifty-five, and a kid who's eighty-five?
3: And I say the kids. All right, well, I'm going to put it this way. It's too much time. You need to look at what you're doing first because your kids are going to follow your example. And so if you are distracted, if you're on your phone, if it's, wait a minute, just a minute, honey, I've got to do this, you are setting an example. If you're the type who turns on the TV the minute you come home and the TV's always blaring in the background, or you're constantly on your iPad or your phone. Uh, you know, check your example to them first because that's going to be the most important thing. Well, that, that, that's as, huge. Go, yeah, yeah, and and you have little kids. I mean, you know, it's it's about your example. And yeah, so, I'm very guilty. The other thing that's really important, yeah, and and here's the other thing: it's really important is to not give the kids control of the devices when they're small. One of the things that really drives me up the wall is I go into the mall or I see people in public and their kids have got their own little iPads or their own little Kindle pads or whatever. And what you're doing is you're training these kids to turn to screens for entertainment. And you're setting a lifelong pattern that if you are bored, you need to retreat from the real world and descend into the screen world. And that's one of the most harmful things we can do. We've got to train our kids to function in the real world because that's where real life is. That's where your goals are set. But and that's where, it's where you're to so be. I got you. I don't look-
2: I could not agree with you more. Okay. The part that I'm guilty. I don't turn on the TV. Our kitchen television has been busted for like, I don't know, maybe we're going on two (laughs) years and I haven't even missed it at all. But, um, I am guilty of, you know, I'm walking in the door. Now I try really hard not to do it. My wife says to me, you can't come in the house on the phone or looking at the phone. And I really try not to. Now I will stand outside by the mailbox, wrapping things (laughs) up before I walk in the door. But when I do walk in the door, um, there's often that I have a, a um, email that's popping up or a text that's popping up so all kidding aside, David I will you know I I, I try to lead by example with my children in every way the way I dress uh, the way I treat their mother, the way I go to church um, I, I mean I, and not only my children my everyone in my law firm that I feel that I'm the leader of the pack. so that's lesson number one. Um, but what about the peer pressure from the kids? In other words, my son, Luca, who's 15, they're all on roadblocks. And they're all, even though Luca's all alone sometimes in my house, he's playing with his cousins and he's playing with his friends and it's all interactive. So how do I shut that down? You know, when we were kids, we were playing two-hand touch on the street. We were playing wiffle ball on the street. Mm-hmm. There's no one on the streets in in Brooklyn where I live anymore. I live in the same neighborhood, David, where I grew up. You couldn't go up and down a street, two blocks. There was always, it was either hockey. Street hockey, sewer-to-sewer football, or, or sewer-to-sewer wiffle ball, now it, it's nowhere. Um, so how do I control the, the the social aspect of, oh, I'm playing roadblocks with all my friends?
3: Well, for a 15-year-old, that's tough because they're really on the cusp of adulthood. They've got a lot of autonomy. And you're right. It's their cousins. It's their friends. It's so much more than a video game. It's their, it's their peer group. Whereas, you know, when you and I were kids, it was our soccer team, our baseball team, or whatever – or a lot of kids, say it's their Roblox group or their you know, Fortnite group or whatever it is. So I don't think it's unreasonable for parents to at least put some time limits on there. And one of the things you need to be really careful about as a parent is if they are on headphones, if they're talking over the game, you've got to, you've got to monitor that because predators will come into those chat rooms. And before you know it, they have, they've revealed personal information about themselves, and it can get into some really sticky situations fast.
2: I got you. And when you're in the book that you write, um, you know, um, Drowning in Screen Time, are you also referring to just straight up TV, like from the 1950s television?
3: Yeah. You know, Ricky and Lucy are still number one. You know, TV is the number one go-to screen activity, even in our digital age. Really? Watch more I would not, I would
2: than not than think that else. that was – I would not think i that – that is going to be changing soon. It's got to be because – you know if you look at your screen time every Sunday morning, Apple sells you how long you're on the screen, and mm-hmm. you know, my just for the record, guys, mine is so high because I don't go from one block to another block without putting on Google Maps It's just so because there's always construction <laughs> or an accent somewhere so what what yeah. you have a lot of parents listening. We got two minutes to go uh with author David Morrow drowning in screen time. What advice do you have for? People, let's say I, my son, who I'm looking at here, is is five and a half years old. Um, you know, how do I keep? He just correct me; he's only five. How do we, you know, help me out, David? Because you know, sometimes we lose the battle over the phone.
3: Well, yeah, as I said earlier, it's is it, it's it's your prerogative to keep uh, put some reasonable limits on screen time. So one of the, the pieces of advice I give to parents is: there's, Why don't you declare screen-free evenings? You know, once we have dinner, we put all of our screens away. We talk to each other at dinner. Uh, There's no screens after dinner unless we want to do something together, like watch a movie. But uh, screen-free evenings has been revolutionary for a lot of the couples and parents that I've worked with, because what it does is everybody knows they've got to put their screens away, and we start, instead of being alone together in the house, all looking at our individual screens, we start interacting again. And at first, that's kind of difficult, it's a little awkward, but eventually it pays huge dividends.
2: Well, thank you so much. You know, I, I, and I'm, I'm so happy right now because my five-year-old is here and I'm telling him he's got to be quiet, but you know what he's doing? He's doing something you don't see kids do anymore. He's throwing a ball up and down in the air and catching it. And I'm telling him, he can't can't hit the ground because it'll make too much noise. But, you know, I, 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 miss the days of kids playing ball. And, and, you know, even though, um, Arthur may be a little young for me to be playing football with him. I'm looking forward to having a catch with him and, I am going to speak to his mom about screen-free evenings that after dinner, the screens go away. We read books. And then maybe if you want to do a little group uh, activity together, like watching Shrek, which we did last night, then that's okay. Mm -hmm. David Morrow approves of that. David Morrow, drowning in screen time. Fantastic interview. I really appreciate it. I learned a lot.
3: Thank you, sir. Good to be with you.
2: Thank you. Have a good evening.
3: Hi, Jerry Hickey here. And Amanda Williams. And welcome to the Invite Health Buy One Get One Free Spring Sales Event.
0: Buy any Invite Health product at suggested retail and get the second bottle free.
3: This is a good time to talk with one of our nutritionists about Greens HX, supplying fruits and vegetables along with healthy probiotics and energy herbs. Just one of the many products you can double up on during the Spring Buy One Get One Free sales event. Give us a call to order by phone or to speak with a degreed healthcare professional Seven days a week for Invite Health buy one get one free spring event.
0: Call eight hundred four five nine two two seven two. That's eight hundred four five nine two two seven two. Visit invitehealth.com for product information and retail locations near you. Take advantage of Invite's limited time buy one get one free spring event. Call eight hundred four five nine two two seven two. That's eight hundred four five nine two two seven
3: two. Or go to invitehealth.com. Invite Health. Get healthy. Stay. Healthy.
0: News. Opinion. Passion. This is AM 970.
4: The Answer. 43 degrees. We have cloudy skies on this Wednesday evening. What's going on? We have the answer. Over 150 New York court employees could be out of a job if they don't get the COVID vaccine. The New York Post reports the workers, which includes four judges, got a letter this week advising them to comply with the court system vaccine mandate by April 4th. About half of the 156 workers are in New York City, and they've been told their jobs could be in jeopardy. Two New York Republicans want Governor Hochul to suspend the state's gas tax. U.S. Representatives Nicole Malliotakis and Lee Zeldin are calling on the governor and state legislator to suspend the state gas tax to reduce financial burdens on New York taxpayers. They cited the pressure on working-class families who lack public transportation options, particularly in rural areas. They also pointed out New York State is one of the top ten highest gas taxes in the country, with residents paying some 33 cents a gallon in state gas taxes alone. And New York City's Comptroller says a change in state bail reform laws would not help the crime situation in the city. Let's get more from Scott Pringle.
0: Comptroller Brad Lander released findings yesterday that show under 1% of people released pre-trial were rearrested on a violent felony charge both before and after bail reform laws went into effect a few years ago. New York City Mayor Eric Adams has been pushing hard to get bail reform laws changed he responded, saying the laws are contributing to the sea of violence the city is experiencing. Scott Pringle, NBC News
4: Radio, New York. Thank you, Scott. Taking a look at the traffic. 20 to 30 minutes at the outbound Holland Tunnel, 10 to 15 on the citybound side. 20 to 30 minutes outbound at the Lincoln, not bad, on the citybound side. And the George Washington Bridge, that looks to be a pretty good ride. In Manhattan, northbound West Side Highway, that's going to be slow from 96th Street on up. FDR northbound, slow from the 30s to the 70s, then slow on the Harlem River Drive from the 150s to the GWB. Your forecast cloudy skies, rain moves in this evening into the overnight low 43, rain tomorrow high of 50, then sunshine for Friday, Saturday, and into Sunday. And now you know what's going on. I am Mike Barker on AM 970 The Answer. We're back to the Arthur Idala
1: Power Hour with New York City's preeminent trial attorney and quintessential New Yorker, Attorney Arthur Idala.
2: Well, we are so lucky because we have on the line with us now the longest-serving president of a union in New York State history. He is legendary, uh, not only for his good looks, um, but uh, also for his charm and his uh, somewhat of a sharp tongue every once in a while. The uh, president of the New York State Court Officers Union, Dennis Quirk. Mr. Quirk, are you on the line with us?
5: Good evening. Awesome. Great to speak
2: yeah, Was I correct about the good-looking part?
5: I, I hope so.
2: <laughs> well, for the record, I know Dennis uh, since 1992 or 93. I don't know. All I know is that he gave me a bunch of money one day to work on a campaign, and I had to come back and tell him I lost it. And I thought he was going to beat me up, but he was actually pretty nice about it. So, Dennis, with all of that being said, what is going on with the courts and the mandate? And before I tell you this, it just broke online that uh, the mayor is changing, uh, supposedly tomorrow is going to announce that he's changing the rules regarding vaccinations for the professional athletes like uh, Kyrie Irving for the Nets and um, uh, the, the New York Yankees, uh, Aaron Judge. So they're going to loosen things up for the athletes, but right now we haven't heard anything about the courts. Tell us what's, what the update is.
5: Well, it's outrageous that in the state of New York we have three branches, the government, the legislative branch, the executive branch, and the judicial branch. The governor in the executive branch has not mandated vaccines, and the legislative leaders have not mandated the vaccine. They've given their employees the choice of either the vaccine or weekly testing. The chief judge, who is the most arrogant and uh, unethical chief judge in the history of the state of New York, has mandated this. And I personally am in favor of the vaccine. I've gotten the vaccine. I've gotten the booster shot. I think people should get it, but I also think that people, this is an individual choice, and people should have the right, the individual right to make a decision whether they want to be or not. We shouldn't be forcing people. This is America. This is not Russia.
2: I I got you. Um, For those those who don't know... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> about judge G Fiore, um and those of us who have to practice in front of her uh that was Dennis Quirk's opinion uh that was that's not the opinion of everyone who especially not everyone who works at Idola Pertuna and Kamins but but some of them who work at my firm anyway all kidding aside Dennis um how are they going to? I mean, there is a, a court of appeals judge, Jenny Rivera, who's an excellent judge, and she's not vaccinated. So, and there was stories about her today. Like, what what's going to happen to her if she refuses to get the vaccine?
5: Well, she has refused, and they're referring her to the commission on the conduct, and they're seeking to remove those four judges who haven't been vaccinated. And by the way, while some people may like the chief judge, I can tell you that probably 95% of the judges who sit in the state of New York do not like her. And, in fact, one of the partners of your law firm who is 70 years of age wasn't reappointed to the bench by her. And you're highly qualified because she doesn't like people over the age of 70.
2: All right. Well, as I said, that's that's Dennis's opinion. And uh, Dennis has a very strong opinion about a lot of things. Uh, It's just I don't know how they're going to juxtapose saying that – Uh, as you just said, the legislators don't have to be vaccinated and uh, people in the executive branch don't have to be vaccinated. And now it's going to look like, as of tomorrow, the New York Yankees don't have to be vaccinated and the the Brooklyn Nets don't have to be vaccinated. But a judge sitting on a bench, by the way, think about it, folks. Judges usually are sitting on a bench away from people. They're like automatically six six feet apart from everyone. Is this just, just GD Fiore's rule or where does this rule come
5: from? Well, it, it comes the, from Fury the who's arrogant, and she's laid – she's trying April 4th, all – every court from New York City to, to, to the Canadian border has brought an action against her in the Public Employment Review Board with the state of New York curb, and we have a hearing that's scheduled to start against her on April 5th. And what does she do? She fires them up on April 4th, the day before the legal process begins. So we're not even getting our day in court.
2: Wow. All right. Well, I have a feeling that honestly, and you, you know, Dennis, that this has to be driven by money regarding the, the change with the, the, the Nets and the change with the Yankees. I'm, I'm sure the Yankees are beating down the door of City Hall, saying, listen, Aaron Judge, who's our star, he's the big draw to the stadium. He's also our big bat. Uh, He's not vaccinated. You know, we we got to figure this out. And when Kyrie Irving plays for the Nets on the road, he's scoring 60 points. They're winning every game. They come back home without him. They're losing every game, and therefore there's no butts in the seats at Barclays, and that costs money. If he's really going to come out tomorrow and and announce a change regarding that uh, mandate – they have to follow suit and they can't be firing court officers and clerks and judges and then allowing professional athletes, uh, to go unvaccinated. What, what would you do that Dennis, honestly, because you are a leader of the whole court community and have been for literally decades. Um, you going on like 50 years, aren't you?
3: How long, how long, how
2: long, It'll be 50, it'll be fifty years, right? Because I'm doing the math. I know in your office you have pictures on your wall with like Mayor Beam, <laughs> like who was who was the mayor in like the, the mid seventies.
5: It'll be fifty years this January. January two thousand twenty three.
2: It'll be fifty. Oh my God! So what what do you do as a leader of the court community if again everyone else is getting exemptions and you're the one? Um, the one who has to, uh, you, you guys are the only ones who these laws are enforced against, mandates are enforced against.
5: We're going to continue with our actions. Are in Perb. After that, we're going to also tra- attempt some other legal action. Uh, we have to exhaust our administrative remedies first. And we, we spent some time at her house up in uh, Westchester in, uh, in September. Uh, and we're going to be back at her house and see how her neighbors like it.
2: And now, Dennis, switching gears a little bit, I got some breaking news. Did something happen with the unions that they're merging, the lower court and the upper court unions? Is there anything you'd discuss regarding that?
5: We've had some discussions that, you know, uh, to join forces together to work against the chief judge. So there were some discussions going on.
2: Okay. And I know you have an opinion on everything, so I'm going to – and I, it's such an honor to have you on the show you're so ingrained in the court system and you've watched it go from like horrible to fantastic to kind of not so good again. You know, what are your thoughts about what's going on right now in the court system? You know, and, and the uptick in crime, Dennis, is it a COVID thing? Is it a de Blasio thing? Is it a bail reform thing? What is Dennis Quirk, who's the president of the court officers union for virtually 50 years? What What's your opinion on it?
5: Well, I, th- I think COVID played some, some had some effect on it, but I think one of the main issues is the bail. Issue. And we, we, we look, we elect judges, we appoint judges. They're experienced people with good legal minds. A judge should be able to determine whether somebody should be released with bail or without bail. You know, we you know before the bail reform happened, we were holding people on Rikers Island on bail. Uh, who for shoplifting, and they were holding them on bail for $500, and the family couldn't afford to get them out. That was wrong. So we, we needed to change the bail law. And But people who commit crimes where they hurt people, they rob people, they have guns, those people, okay, and many of them who have prior records, those people belong in jail. We need to protect the public. I think the public in the state of New York is outraged. I think the governor has finally, uh, you know, come to realize okay, with, with Swazi's, Swazi's ads that he's running on TV that the public is set up. We want to be able to walk and be safe walking the streets of New York. And people with guns, okay, there's no reason, all these shootings, throwing people on subway tracks, putting human feces in, and rubbing it in somebody's face. We want this stop.
2: Dennis, I know you have a long-term, I'm talking to Dennis Quirk the New York State Court Officers Union. You have a long-term relationship, very, very long-term relationship with the Cuomo family, um, you know, what is your prediction for Andrew Cuomo? You know, I, I he it was announced today that that Jacob, the Joint Commission on Public Ethics, they found after the, doing their due diligence in their hearings that his book, American Crisis, Leadership Lessons from COVID-19, um, the p- pandemic You know, he made $5 million on it that they said he used state employees to assist in writing the book. They want a special counsel appointed. They don't want um, uh, Tish James, the attorney general, to uh, enforce this. They want to get his money back. But, you know, he's out there on a publicity tour. And, again, I'm not asking you to violate any confidences, but I know you're very close with the Cuomos. You know, what do you see? If you have your the Dennis Quirk crystal ball, and you've had a, a lot of them and you've been right most of the times, what do you see for Andrew?
5: Well, first of all, I think Mario Cuomo is rolling over on his grave for the actions of his son. And I think the $5 million should be returned uh, because it's very tragic. If you read the recent report. From the state controller from Tom DiNapoli um, on the cover up of the nursing home and the number of people who died in nursing homes. Uh, listen, we put up, we pu- people get put in nursing homes, okay? They're old people. They need to be taken care of. And we did an extremely poor job in taking care of the invalid, the sick, and the old during COVID. And it's disgraceful for his actions, okay, to be out there now. Putting aside his other issues with with women who have made complaints, some people believe him, some people don't believe him. But the nursing home scandal, in and of itself, is a reason that that money should be returned. He violated the law. He used state workers on state time to help him write that book, and the money should be returned. And he should be penalized and taken to task for what he did for that cover up.
2: Wow. Okay. Um, so let, let me go on of the limb and ask you this last question. You think he's going to run for president of the United States in a couple of years?
5: Uh, If he runs for president of the United States, uh, I will be not voting for him. I can tell you that. And if he and if he runs, I think the exposure, the women in this country will come out in force and he will not win that election. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen,
2: you got it from the source. Fifty years in the court system. Uh, the president of the Court Officers Union, who I'm very close with, and Dennis, I didn't even know you were going to be on the show. And I'm realizing as I'm writing my notes for this show, I'm holding a blue pen, capped pen that says New York State Court Officers Association, Dennis W. Quirk, President. So I guess it was meant to be you coming on the show. Thanks so much, Dennis. You know we love you. You have a great show. Thanks, sir. I appreciate that very much. We'll be right back, folks.
1: The Arthur Idala Power Hour is sponsored in part by the good people at Freehold Mitsubishi in Freehold Township, New Jersey. America's been thunderstruck by the all-new 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander. Get high style without the high price, plus an industry-leading 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain limited warranty. Drive one today at Freehold Mitsubishi for the best selection and outstanding customer service. Just a short ride from anywhere in the metro tri state area. Visit freeholdmitsubishi.com or call 732 863 2788. Gregory Floyd, host of Reaching Out, gets answers to the tough questions from
5: people in Renault with us for the very first time, a very special guest who is a New York City treasure, a legend in the Harlem community, Reverend Robert Royal.
1: You speak of Jimmy Hoffa. We talk about the uh, father. You knew him, didn't you? The old man
2: was quite a figure, particularly when it came to negotiations, contract negotiation. He didn't take no prisoners. You either were with him or you were against him. And Jimmy Hoffa was true to a fault. He never once deceived anybody. He told you right up front, I'm doing this for my people and that's what jimmy hoffa was all about a great man a great man and in spirit he still lives in
1: my mind and i pray god that he lives in every team that walks this earth it's reaching out with gregory floyd at a new time saturday afternoon at 2:30, and again at 9 p.m on am 970 the answer
0: it's Doctor Lederman speaking with 007 about prostate cancer.
3: You're
0: 007,
3: the real so- 007. I was diagnosed in 2005
5: with prostate cancer. I requested a biopsy. Why? Going up, I got a biopsy that I had cancer in my prostate. And then the yes. doctor told you, "Hey, you gotta have surgery."
0: Did your doctor tell you about Doctor Lederman and radio surgery?
5: It's his bread and butter to operate. Not only do they leave the cancer behind which is the most important thing, but you're incontinent and your sex life is kaput. I knew about your uh, treatment which was very easy to do.
0: Fifteen years later, your PSA is zero.
5: My uh, urinary
3: life is okay, and my sex life is very good.
0: For more cancer information, call Dr. Lederman, 212-CHOICES, 212 212-CHOICES. 212 Most insurances, Medicare, Medicaid accepted, 1384 Broadway. Call Dr. Lederman, 212-CHOICES, 212 212-CHOICES. 212 Kevin McCullough is next on AM 970, The Answer.
2: special, and then they broke into general public and fine young cannibals the singers of the english beat went to general public and the musicians went to fine young cannibals and that's why i always like fine young cannibals better i love their music do you happen to have a uh, a song at your fingertips uh, that the fine young cannibals uh play their uh, mr sam boland having something to do with joan pelzer there we go. That's the fine young cannibals. There we go. Um, well, I think, folks, you got two great interviews today. David Morrow regarding the um, the screen time. And, of course, Mary and my wife reminded me that Arthur, our five-year-old, does not have any screen time after dinner. He does dinner. Then he does the shower. And then there's maybe a little, like, TV time, but not, like, phones or iPads or anything like that. I watch a little show of Henry Danger or something along those lines. And then, um, then we do books, and then we do bed. Uh, but that was fascinating. And Dennis Quirk, you know, uh, those of you who know anything about New York City, he is really, a, he's always been for many years a very, very powerful, powerful part of the city and all aspects of the city because besides being involved in the court system, he's on the boards of, of different hospitals and different charitable organizations. He's really a go-to guy um, when you need something in a time of need and he's, he's very generous and he's a tough guy and he's a gruff guy and he's got a heart of gold. He tries not to let people know that he's got a heart of gold. I must say I was, I was not taken aback by how he spoke about judge Fiore, who personally I like a lot, but others feel differently. Um, And I know she's trying very hard to make the court system run the best that they can. Um, I was very surprised how he spoke about Andrew Cuomo um uh, but that's Dennis quirk i mean he's very honest um forthright and and you know you may not like what he says but one thing you know is dennis is never going to lie to you um so you got you got two great guests here on the idalia power hour and you know during the quick break i just i always like to see whether there's any breaking news and i just looked at the top story right now on the new york post app is um about the case that i have about lauren pazienza um, and hold on, Marion. how do you pronounce this word? Scion, scion. cesspool scion, which basically means, uh, uh you know, a, a, she's part of, she's a offshoot of, and a cesspool. So her dad, now that it's no secret, her dad is, it runs a cesspool company. He digs ditches. And, ins- and install cesspools in Long Island. That's his job. And they're making it an, out. And they're a very working class, down to earth family who are a hundred percent law abiding citizens living in suburban America. And they're trying to twist it like she's some super rich girl, et cetera, et cetera. You know, her dad literally digs holes where people's excrement goes into. Not exactly a glamorous job, not exactly a Paris Hilton type of situation, but you know, this is what sells newspapers. I get to read these articles about written by sometimes people who are in the courtroom and they write things that are just absolutely contrary to what happened in real life. And sometimes I'll pick up the phone and call and be like, were you not in the same courtroom I'm in? But obviously this is a a story that's got a lot of legs and, um, Uh, is having a a lot of, um, let's see, her parents and her 24-year-old brother are supporting her, according to defense attorney Arthur Idala who said the family would spring her from jail as soon as they can get the bail package together. I'm pretty sure, um, I never said the word spring. I did say, we are pleased that the court granted bail to Miss Pazienza, and we expect her to be released in the coming days. The Pazienda family joins the rest of the city in grieving the loss of Barbara Gestern. And we do. And I put that on the record yesterday. That was the first thing I said at the arraignment was that we all joined, myself included, uh, the, the loss of this beautiful woman who was an integral part of society. Um, and our thoughts and prayers go out to her and her family. Um, I In other breaking news, thanks to Matt Sambolino, speaking of Kyrie Irving and how uh, money – Changes everything and he'll, God willing, be able to be playing for the Nets soon. I'm supposed to go there actually uh, Tuesday night uh, after the show. I really make the show a priority, by the way. I am, if you guys knew where I was right now, I am sitting in the basement of my home around surrounded by Arthur's toys. We'll talk about that in a moment. Um, but, uh, you know, we're talking about taking masks off. We're talking about vaccine mandates. And meanwhile, today they announced an uptick in they announced an uptick in the coronavirus um numbers here in the state of New York. They're saying now that 70 uh, we're going to hit the 70,000 uh, mark of people who died and obviously that's a tragic number. But the governor Hochul said that these this uptick was somewhat expected due to this new variant, but this new variant As similar um, health aspects as the Omicron, which many people, including myself, got hit with uh, in November, December and January, where, you know, you get some symptoms, but they're definitely not like the original, um, the original COVID symptoms when it was just the good old coronavirus. So, you know, on one hand, we want to open things up. And on the other hand, we're like, look at the numbers, look at the numbers. Like, what did Eric Adams say about uh, the four, four year olds? We're going to look at the numbers. We're going to look at the numbers. Well, the numbers are going in the wrong direction. Um, but it just that there's um, I think it's the Cindy Lauper song that says money changes everything. And I can't give all the credit to Aaron Judge of the New York Yankees. But if he's the one who's really not vaccinated, Yankee Stadium is such a huge part of the economy of New York City, but especially of the borough of the Bronx. And to have him and I, we don't know who else not be able to be there opening day on April 7th because of uh, the vaccine mandates, you know, that's that, that goes to the bottom line to of a city that's already reeling uh, financially from the the lack of tourism and the lack of income and people staying home. So uh, I'm not saying anyone's doing the wrong thing. But as I say often, we need some consistency. So tying it all together if Kyrie Irving could go to the Barclays Center and Aaron Judge could go to um, Yankee Stadium, then um, I think that Judge Rivera could go to the Court of Appeals where she sits far away from her colleagues. Come here for a second, young man. Come here. So making his radio debut here in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn, is what's your name, sir? Arthur. And what's your, middle, what's your last name?
1: Arthur.
2: And what's the, what's the numbers that come after your name? What's your numbers that come after your name? Arthur Idala? The third. Arthur Idala the third. Now, Arthur, um, did you have to wear a mask when you were in school? No. You didn't have to wear a mask today. Was there a time when you did have to wear a mask? Yeah. And did you like wearing a mask in school? No. And do you prefer now going to school without a mask?
4: Yeah.
2: Did you remember when Mommy and Daddy used to have to put the mask on you, when you right before you would walk into school? Yeah. We would give you a kiss and then put the mask on? Yeah. And today, did you go to karate? Yeah. Did you have to wear a mask in karate? No. Was today the first day you didn't have to wear a mask in karate? Yeah. So do you like karate with the mask on or with the mask off? Mask off. And now you have a friend who's four and a half. His name is Oliver, right? Yeah, say yes. because Because yes. the, the people can't. Okay. Now, do you think Oliver should have to wear a mask? No, because he's he's little than me he's little than you so he shouldn't have to wear a mask either right are you happy that right now nobody's wearing any masks yeah just say yes yes okay now um that Arthur before they took the masks off had you ever seen the faces of the kids in your class before
4: yeah
2: you saw their faces that they would take their masks off sometimes during the Except day?
4: Except Antonia, because Antonia still wears a mask.
2: Oh, Antonia still chooses to wear a mask in her class in the classroom? Okay, what's your teacher's name? Miss Karen. Do you like her? And Miss Tina. You like them? Okay. Do you love me? What? Do you love your dad? Yeah. Okay. Well, Arthur, Arthur I'm glad that you don't. Yeah, you could have been a little more enthusiastic. Say hello to your mother. Your mother's here too, right? Say, Mommy, I love you.
3: Mommy, I love you.
2: Poop. <laughs> so that was making his radio debut. Author Idola the Third on mask mandates in the city of New York, and that's a five-year-old's version of. He came in, when I came in tonight because I really I haven't had dinner with them in a while, and and that was something Justice Scalia told me. He goes, I don't care if you go to the soccer game or the baseball game, but I want you to have dinner with your family. So I'm home to have dinner with my family, and um. Arthur was, was so proud that he went to karate day today without his mask on. Yes. What? What what? Next Saturday I'm going to Next Saturday he's gonna Arthur is playing basketball next Saturday. He wants everyone to know. Folks, thank you for, for hearing the Arthur Idala the third debut. This is Arthur Rydala the big one. Have a great evening and we will see you tomorrow.
1: and money Dead. get me out of this. The preceding program sponsored by Freehold Mitsubishi.